0: Well, again, I want to say good morning and thank you for joining us uh, here today in worship uh, online and those watching by TV, whether you're on an iPad or an iPhone or a computer or whatever. And let me just remind you, you can go online to our website, Crosspoint Church, and uh, you can chat if you've got a question, if you've got a comment, uh, if you've got a prayer request, uh, anything that you uh, have that we could respond to or you want us to respond to. We'd love to hear your comments. We're getting them right now just by the dozens. And so please feel free to do that during the message. And uh, we would love to hear from you. You know, we're now three months into this coronavirus pandemic. And frankly, it seems like to me, it's been like three years. In fact, a guy told me the other day that April was the longest year of his life. And I know exactly how he feels because from the very beginning, you know, we were told to isolate, stay at home, shelter in place, quarantine ourselves. And, 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 and when that happened, and I knew people would say this, many predicted it would put a tremendous strain on the home and on marriages and even between parents and their children and families. And as we've ad- interacted as a staff, as I've met with my mentoring group on Zoom, and as we've corresponded by email and phone calls and so forth, we're not immune to what they've said. There is a tremendous strain in many of our homes. And, and amazingly, coronavirus has hurt not just by, you know, forcing us too far apart. It's also strained us by for- forcing us too close together. I mean, now for the first time, husbands and wives are around each other all the time and they can't get away from each other. And the same thing is true between parents and children. Uh, A lot of you parents, particularly you moms, are saying, you know and dads, I I didn't sign up for this. You, You became, all of a sudden overnight, you're the school teacher, you're the barber, you're the counselor, you're the referee in fights and arguments, and I knew it was bad when some parents told me that they were lacing their kids' oatmeal with Valium. I said, okay, this is a problem. And then another parent said, yeah, I've been putting Benadryl in their milk. I mean, I, I, you know, I get it. And so, in, in all honesty, we felt like this is a great time for us to kind of shift gears. And let's talk to the family. Let's talk to husbands and wives and in, in their marriages and mom and dads in their parenting on this Mother's Day through these, these difficult days that we're living in. So here's what we're gonna do. Over the next two weeks, Pastor Chad and I are going to team up. We're going to do a series that we're calling Testing Positive. I, I'm going to talk today about the parenting side of the family. And Pastor Chad, next week, will be talking about the marriage side of the family. And what we wanna do is very simple. We wanna show you how to use this time as a God-given opportunity to get closer to your spouse, closer to your children, and allow God to use what we're going through to bring all of you closer to God. Now, I'm entitling my message, Family Feud, because I've got a feeling that there are more a few of those, more than a few of those feuds going on, uh, more than a small amount of time in many of our homes. Now, let me just say this. If you're kind of having an increased tension factor with your kids because you're around them all the time and a lot of conflict, let's be honest. Parent-child conflict is normal even if there is no virus going around. One thing that all parents learn, I learned it, is a truth that a man named Lionel Kaufman gave a long time ago. Here's what he said. Children are a great comfort in your old age and they help you reach it faster too. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know that is true. In fact, I was reading the other day uh, about this website. It's amazing what you find on the, web, on the web. And there's this website. This is true. It's called crazythingsparentstext.com. That's that's an actual website. And, and so it's a list of private text messages between parents and their kids. Where well, there was one exchange, that in particular between a father and a son. And when I read it, I said, you know what? That says it all. That really kind of describes what's going on in a lot of homes. So this was the text exchange between a dad And his son. This is real. The son said, What time are you picking me up? The dad said, Who is this? The son texted, It's me, your son. The dad texted, How did you get this number? The son texted, I programmed your phone, remember? The dad texted, how do I delete people? Now let me be very empathetic, and let me be very sympathetic with you. I, I want to tell you, I, I was a parent, and I'm still a parent, but no longer do I have kids at home. And I can tell you by far and away, the most difficult job I've ever had in my life is being a parent. I, I, in, in fact, in a lot of ways, I feel like a failure as a dad. I, I'm just going to be transparent. I've said this to many, many people. If I could do my life all over again, if I had a do-over, and you said, okay, James, you, you can do one thing all over again. Easy. I wish I could be a dad all over again. I wish I could take my three wonderful sons I love, love with all of my heart back to this size. And I wish I could do my daddy days all over again. I've got three wonderful sons that I'm so proud of. And I love all of them with everything I have. But I will tell you that the, the, the men they have become is due a lot more to their mother than it is to me. But I've learned under the best of circumstances, parenting is not easy. Uh, There's a man named Dave Muirer, and he writes a regular column for New Man Magazine. And he was talking about parenting, and he said this. He said, child development professionals categorize kids into two main groups. One, naturally compliant, intrinsically uh, kind, Uh, Inheritably logical, and number two, your children, okay? Maybe you can relate to that. But then he goes on to say this. All parents hope to get their children into category number one, but they end up with the children in category number two. Boy, you're probably saying, man, you are playing my guitar. You are singing my song. It is so frustrating. I feel like such a failure. Well, let me encourage you. Listen to me. Don't give up. Hang in the battle. The stakes are too high. The goal is too, is, is too wonderful. And, and I believe you've been given a God-given unique opportunity right now to have more of a lasting influence on your children than you will ever have perhaps again in your entire life. President Franklin Roosevelt said something's one of the best things I've ever read about, about being a parent. Here's what he said. He said, we may not be able to prepare the future for our children. Boy, is that ever true. But we can at least prepare our children for the future. We, cannot, we may not be able to prepare the future for our children, but we can prepare our children for the future. That's what you've got to do. And in a passage of Scripture that we're going to study today, we're going to look at some of the greatest parenting advice you will find anywhere, anytime, any place in any book. In fact, I don't think there's any better parenting advice you will ever read than this. It's found in a book called Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, while you're finding that, let me just tell you what's going on. The nation of Israel is one of, is one of the most important points of their history. They, they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses is their leader. He's preparing them to, to, to go over to the promised land and establish, establish a brand new nation. And he wants them, this is his this is legacy. This is the last mountain he wants to climb. He wants them to build a nation, one nation, that is indivisible under God with liberty and liberty and justice for all. And then he makes an incredible statement. He says, the only way that will happen is if you parents parent your children the way they ought to be parented. He said, that's your only shot. He said, that is your only hope. He predicted that the nation would rise and fall on parents and how they raised their kids. And he does us a big favor. He gives us three roles that we ought to play as parents to maximize the opportunity for our children to grow up and to become the husbands and the wives and the moms and the dads that they ought to be. And I want to share those with you today. So while we're in the middle of this virus and after this virus is gone, after we're back to whatever the new normal may look like, parents, when you've got the chance and you've got it now, three things. Number one, We are to be a model for our children. We are to be a model for our children. Now, from the beginning, it's obvious. Moses is talking directly to moms and dads. Remember, he's getting them ready to cross over. He's not going with them. He's giving them final instructions, and he talks directly to moms and dads. Here's what he says. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you To observe, keep that in mind, to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping all his degrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Now, here's what Moses said. A nation will never rise above its homes, homes will never rise above the parents because in the home, everything rises and falls on the parents. And what's incredible is he doesn't start out by saying, this is what I want you to teach your children. He doesn't say that. He says, this is what I want you to model for your children. And he tells the parents, I want you to take all the lessons that God has taught you and I want you to do them before your children, before you teach them. I want you to model them for your children before you instruct them. You know, one thing I learned about parenting is this. Character is not so much taught to your children as it is caught by your children. And oh, by the way, mom and dad, you you don't have a choice. You are the number one role model for your children. And the way that you live in front of your child, I promise you, will speak so loudly that many times your children will never hear anything else that you say. And let me tell you this, if you take the attitude to your child, now, don't do as I do, do as I say do. You just blew it. You just set yourself up for failure. Because let me tell you something, particularly when they're young, they're not gonna do what you say to do as much as they're going to do what you do. And one of the best ways you can teach your children to obey you is to show your children how you obey the Lord. I mean, think about that term model. I want you to take it literally. You know what a model does, right? A model walks down a runway, and and, and they're modeling clothes usually or something like that. And they're walking down the runway. What are they doing? They're showing people. They're not telling people. They're showing people this is how... You can look in this. This is how this can fit on you. This is how you can make other people watch you and notice you. Well, I want you to think of your home right now as a runway. Your kids are the audience. You are the model. Your life is what they are looking at. And don't fool yourselves. Your kids are always looking at the way you act. They're always listening to the way you talk. You are a role model and here's the good news. You will never have a better time to model before your children how to handle adversity, how to go through tough times, how to praise God, thank God, love God, trust God, stay faithful to God when all of life is falling apart. Yeah, I know these times are tough, the toughest times maybe we've ever been through in our lifetime, but listen to me. This is a God-given opportunity This is a God-given moment. Mom and dad, this is your time to shine. This is your time to show your kids, hey, even when the days are darkest and the days are longest and the days are toughest, this is how godly people act. And there's no substitute for a parent who shows their children by the way that they live, by the words that they use, by the attitudes they display, you know what? We really do trust the God we say we trust in. We really do believe this book that the pastor preaches from every week and that we read every day. We really do put our faith in this God. And by the way, just just a reminder, let me tell you how big a deal it is that you do this. You're not just being a model for your children. You're being a model for your grandchildren. You say, well, I don't have any yet. Yes, you will. And that's why Moses said, Do this so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord as long as you live. I've said this to you many times. I'm going to say it again. I'm learning it right now. You want to know what kind of a parent you are? Don't look at your kids. Look at your grandkids. Be a model for your children. Let me tell you, listen to me. You can't lead where you've never been. You can't give what you've never had. You can't preach with power what you don't practice with integrity. So, number one, what's your number one role right now? Be a model for your children. Pretend that your children are deaf, they don't hear anything you say. All they do is watch the way you act. Be a model for your children. Then he says something else. He says, We're to be a mirror for our children. Not just a model, we are to be a mirror for our children. Now, Moses does something kind of interesting. Right in the middle of talking to parents, it's almost like he just interrupts himself for this important announcement. And, And all of a sudden, he says this. Hear, O Israel. Now, he's talking to everybody. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, why did he say that? He's just been talking to moms and dads, and what he's saying is, look, you need every day to reflect on the outside, the God that lives on the inside of you, the God that you say that you know and you love that's on the inside of you. When your kids look at you and they see this mirror, they ought to see a reflection of the God that you say you believe in. And you see, we ought to begin to teach them the right things right off the bat about the right God. So the first thing you ought to teach your kids when they're young, there is a God. That's why we say the blessing. That's why we teach you Bible verses. That's why we read God's word. That's why we go to church. There is a God. And there's only one God. He is the true God. And so Moses said, first of all, teach your kids about the reality of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But you're just getting started. Because the most important thing you're gonna teach your kids about God is not the reality of God, but how to have a relationship with God. And so Moses goes on to say, we're to mirror for them a love for God. We're to let them know from the time they are young, the supreme love of your life is not to be your mom, not to be your dad, not to be your siblings, not even to be yourself. The supreme love of your life is to be for God. He is to be the first love of your life. And then Moses says, we're to mirror for our children what a love for God looks like. So you're, you, you by the way, remember this before you were mom and dad, you were husband and wife. So let me just give you a thought. Your promise to each other mirrors is to be a mirror that reflects God's faithfulness to you. Your love for each other it's to be a mirror that reflects God's love for you. Your forgiveness of each other is to be a mirror of God's forgiveness of you. Now, I'm gonna make a statement. This is, this is kind of my key statement. If I, if I could sum up every, my whole sermon in one sentence, I don't leave when I say this, but if I could summarize my sermon in one sentence, this would be it, and this is gonna shake some of you to your roots, and it should. God does not want us to be good parents. God wants us to be godly parents, and there is a difference. God doesn't want us to be good parents. God wants us to be godly parents. Now, let me tell you why there is a difference and why it's so important. Do you remember when you were inoculated for certain diseases? You know, this will tell you my age, but I can remember in the first grade, they came out for, uh, with a vaccine for polio. Never will forget it. And I remember in the first grade, we all lined up for our polio shot. Still remember it like it was yesterday. Now, what I did not realize was what they were doing was they were giving me just a very small dose of polio. Why were they doing that? Because that helped my body to build up an immune system to the real thing so that the disease would never really affect me. I want you to hear me clearly. I see so many parents They give their children a small dose of Christianity, just enough to make them immune to the real thing. So what do they do? Well, they they go through the religious motions. They they go to church, maybe occasionally, or if not regularly. They they check off the religious box, but here's the truth of the matter. Their children don't see in their mom and dad on, on a daily basis a passionate, burning, blazing, hot, love for Jesus, that loves Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. What they see is a love that burns just a little bit on Sunday morning, but then it seems like the fire goes out till the next, till the next Sunday. I want you to notice the word that's repeated in that verse. That's the word all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Mom and dad, there is nothing more dangerous for you to pass down to your children than a half-hearted, lukewarm, Sunday-only love for God. You're to mirror for your children a love for God that is passionate. Listen, I failed a lot as a dad, and my sons know that. My sons will be more than happy to tell you all the ways I failed as a dad, and I've confessed about every way I know. But I will tell you this, and I can say this with a clear conscience. My kids, my boys will tell you this, They did not fail to see in their dad a passionate love for God because if they didn't, what they were looking at was a cracked mirror. So I'm just saying to you mom and dads, you've got a chance to be a mirror for your children. I love the story, uh, there was a children's Bible teacher and he he was talking to a group of kids uh, uh, about uh, one time and he said, uh, hey, can anybody tell me why you love God? He just assumed they love God. He said, can any, any of you tell me why you love God? And so all these kids gave her, you know, a variety of answers and a variety of reasons. But he said the what he liked the best was this one kid. He was sitting on the end of the row. And when he got to him, he said, Mr. Smith, I'll be honest with you. I don't know why I love God. I guess it just runs in my family. You know what? That's what I want. I want the love of God to run in my family. I want the love of God to run in my children. I want the love of God to run in their children. I want the love of God to run in their children. I want the love of God to run all through my family, and I am telling you parents more than a fine education, a new car, a trust fund, the best clothes or the finest house, you will never give your kids anything greater in your life than a passionate, blazing, burning love for God with all their heart, all their soul and all their might. That only comes if you are a mirror to your children. It only comes when your children look and they say, you know, mom, you're not perfect. Dad, you're certainly not perfect. But I know one thing. You love God. You love God more than you love me. You love God more than you love her. You love God more than you love him. You love God more than anybody. And so do I. So number one, mom and dad, you got a great chance. Be a model for your children. Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. Be a model for your children. Number two, Be a mirror to your children. When your people, when your children look at you, let them see in that mirror a love for Jesus. And then here's the last thing we are to be a mentor to our children. Now we're going to get into the real heart and meat of what you need to be doing. See, Moses gives parents an assignment, he lets them know hey, listen, your home's not just a home, it's not just a house, your home is a school. And by the way, your kids never graduate from this school until they leave home for the final time. And this is what Moses said. He said, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, but you don't leave it in your heart. You get it from your heart to their heart. So he says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, this may shock you. It may discombobulate some of you. It may make a lot of you kind of nervous. But the major responsibility for educating your kids is not with the school system. It's not with the colleges. It's not with the universities. It's not with the high schools. It's not with the middle schools. It's not with the elementary schools. It's not with any school system. The primary responsibility for educating your children is in the home. It lies with you. God intended from the very beginning for home to be the university of life, and he intended for you to be the professors. See, home is the child's first classroom. And the home is where the most important lessons of life are always learned. This is where children learn right from wrong. This is where children learn actions have consequences. This is where children learn personal responsibility. This is where children learn to be kind, to be courteous, to submit to authority, to be obedient, to practice selflessness, to love God and to love others and we're to be teaching them God's commandments, God's laws, and God's principles for life. Now, I know some of you are saying right now, hey, can I ask a question? So I'm gonna be a mentor to my children, but what am I supposed to teach my kids? Um, I mean, where do I start? Let me give you a very practical suggestion. When Moses was talking about the commands and the decrees that, that, uh, and, and God's principles and, and, and God's laws, when he began to talk about these things, what was he referring to? Well, if you go back to chapter 5, the chapter just before this, guess what you read? You read the Ten Commandments. That's the commandments that Moses was talking about. So let me just give you a little project, Mom and Dad. Why don't you take this opportunity while you're home a lot, and why don't you teach your children to memorize the Ten Commandments? Now, I know what some of you are saying. You're saying, man, I haven't even memorized the Ten Commandments, all right? Then I'm giving you an assignment. Why don't you memorize the Ten Commandments and have your kids memorize the Ten Commandments with you? Because one of the greatest ways you will ever mentor your children is scripture memorization. I'm doing that with my grandkids right now. Every time my grandkids come over, I'll pop like yesterday. My little four-year-old grandson was over at my house, Connor. Connor walked into the house, I looked at him, I said, Connor, be quick, Connor. First John 4:8. He said, God is love. Do that with your kids, be teaching them. And the best way to do it, start with the Ten Commandments. I read the other day about a father. He was having daily devotion. He had three little kids, very, very small. He was trying to teach them the Ten Commandments, to memorize the Ten Commandments. And he said, okay, kids, I'm gonna give you a pop quiz. He said, now look, honor your father and your mother. That's the way God wants you to treat mommy and daddy. Is that right? They all nodded their head. He said, okay. Now, is there a commandment that teaches you how to treat your brothers and your sisters? And his youngest little six year old boy said, Yes, sir, you shall not kill. Now, you need to be teaching your kids the commandment. So I want you to take this opportunity right now because you, never, you may never get this shot again. Don't waste this crisis, don't waste your time at home. Begin today to say, You know what? I'm going to be a model for my children, I'm going to be a mirror for my children. I'm going to be a mentor to my children. And by the way, let me just say this. If you're a mom or a dad right now, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you not only really don't know the Ten Commandments, that's not really even on your radar screen. I, I want to I say something to you, and, and I want to say this in love. You don't have to know Jesus to be a good parent. You, you, you really don't. You don't have to be a Christian. I, I know people out there who don't go to church. They don't know the Lord. They don't read their Bible. But you look at them, and, and, and by and large, they are good parents. So you can be a good parent without being a follower of Jesus. But you cannot be the godly parent. You cannot be the great parent. You cannot be the parent that you could have been and that your kids really need you to be because you will never take your kids as far as they could have gone. They will never fly as high as they could have soared if you don't instill in them the most important thing you can ever give them, and that is a love for the God that created them, the God that made them, the God that has a plan for them, and the God that wants to save them. And by the way, let me just say to our church, that's why we put such a big emphasis on reaching kids in our next-gen ministry. I want you to listen to um, one of our Crosspoint dads. He's actually a guy that I mentored. Uh, He's a great guy, and he shares the importance of instilling a love for Jesus into children. I want you to listen to his story.
1: My name is Rob Simon. Uh, I'm the dad of four kids, uh, my wife and I. Uh, three of which were adopted through the foster system. My wife and I had always talked about uh, possibly adopting later on, and then after our, adopt- our biological son was born, uh, we had a, a, a period of time where we weren't in that place at all. And then, independently, God, we both felt God talking to us uh, and saying to go back into it. We went from potentially having uh, looking into adopting one child from uh, internationally to. All of a sudden we're adopting three children through the foster system. We want them to have a relationship with God. We want them to not just know about how things work, but to have that relationship. Uh, we try to model that. My wife and I each are very active in the church. When we came to Cross Point, uh, one of my friends that was already here at the church uh, right away took me and introduced me to, who at the time was our children's director, uh, and she put me uh, with people who at the time were second grade boys. And I've been with that same group of guys the entire time, all the way up to this point. Um, it's, I think it's great. We've developed a relationship. If, if you were to ask me about the perfect system for uh, next generation, I, I would think that every grade level would have two leaders. One leader that would stay with that grade level as they progress, and one leader that stays static at that age level, so that every kid gets a steady presence and a new presence every year. Uh, but we need more leaders for that and we don't have that at the moment next generation ministry is a is a huge function of the church uh, we want to raise up leaders and we want these children to, to know Jesus and to really understand the gospel before they go off and go to college and I think it's an, a very important part I really get sad when I see a struggle for uh, for our next generation ministry to, to, to find leaders particularly to find men how I, I don't understand how we expect these guys these kids to grow up these Boys to grow up and to understand how a Christian man is supposed to behave and how to handle himself, if they don't have Christian men in their lives and teaching them. I think a lot of times people are scared also to, to, to teach kids and youth uh, and students. They they worry about what if they don't know the answer or what if uh, the kids call them out on something. And it's I tell them all the time, it's okay to say that you don't understand, you don't know, and you don't have the answer to that question. Um, because we don't always know the answers. And just like when you teach adults, you're not gonna know everything, but you've, you've gotta be there to lead and someone's gotta lead them.
0: This is why we are asking many of you right now, and especially men, if you really want to invest your life into eternity. I've said this many times. I believe if Jesus were physically on this earth, he'd work in the kids' ministry. And if you would be willing just to pray about being a part of it or at least investigating what you can do, if you'll just go to cpkids.org right now. You can do it even just to interrupt what we're doing. But at least after the message, go to cpkids.org and just check us out. I hope you'll maybe at least think about serving with our kids' ministry. Now, I want to leave you with two things. Robert Dabney was a professor at Princeton University. And many years ago, he made one of the greatest statements I've ever read about any topic. Here's what he said. The education of children for God is the most important business done on earth. It is the one business for which the earth exists. To it, all politics, all war, all literature, all money-making ought to be subordinated. Every parent especially ought to feel every hour of every day that next to making his own calling and election sure, this is the end for which he is kept alive by God. This is his task on earth. Mom and dad, I say amen and amen. You will never have a greater work. You will never have a greater task. You will never have a greater job. You will never have a greater assignment than this one assignment. So I want to leave you with something I came across. It's called a parent's prayer. Now, I already know many of you will say, can I get a copy of that? We're gonna make it available to you. But as we put it up on the screen, mom and dad, would you just kinda, not just read this, but would you pray this in your heart? Listen to this prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, make me a better parent. Teach me to understand my children, to listen patiently to what they have to say, and to answer all their questions kindly. Keep me from interrupting them or criticizing them Make me as courteous to them as I would have them be to me. Forbid that I should ever laugh at their mistakes or resort to shame or ridicule when they displease me. May I never punish them for my own selfish satisfaction or to show my power. Let me not tempt my child to lie or steal, but guide me hour by hour that I might demonstrate in everything that I say or do that honesty produces happiness." May I ever be mindful that my children are children and that I should not expect of them the judgment of adults. Let me not rob them of the opportunity to wait on themselves and to make decisions. Bless me with the bigness to grant them their reasonable request and the courage to deny them the privileges I know would do them harm. Make me fair, just, and kind and fit me, O Lord, to be loved, respected, and imitated by my children. And help me always remember that better parents raise better children. And all of God's moms and all of God's dads said, amen. Would you pray with me right now? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Mom, dads, kids, let me just say this one brief, quick word. I wanna talk to the moms, the dads, the sons, and the daughters who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You really don't know the God that sent his son to die for our sins. You may believe in him, you may believe believe a lot of things about him, you may believe he exists, but you do not know him because you cannot know that God except through his son, Jesus Christ. You've never realized you were a sinner. You've never repented of your sin. You've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You may be a good parent. You may be a good son or a good daughter, but you can't be the godly parent or the godly child you should be without Jesus. Here's my simple offer. Wouldn't you like to go from being a good parent to a godly parent? Wouldn't you like to go from being a good person to a godly person? The greatest offer you'll ever get in your life is this one. If you will place your faith in Jesus, he will forgive you of all of your sins. He'll come into your heart. He'll save you. He'll change you forever. He'll help you have the power to live the life that you ought to live, be the person you ought to be. And then when this life is over, whenever it ends, however it ends, you'll spend eternity with him. And if you'd say, "Sign me up. Yes, I want to have that relationship. Pray this prayer right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I need a savior. You're that Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive right now. So, Lord Jesus, I'm accepting your gift of eternal life. I repent and turn away from my sin. I receive you as my Savior. I surrender to you as my Lord. I take you as my God. And now, Lord Jesus, give me the power to live for you. rest of my life. For the rest of my life, I don't want to be just good. I want to be godly, and now I know that I can. Now, look at the screen. Just look at me one more time. If you prayed that prayer to give your life to Jesus, or when we finally come back together, if you'd say, you know, I've given my life to Jesus, but You've never publicly professed that by being baptized, and one day we will again, and you want to be baptized. Or you would like to even, believe it or not, join our church. Man, I want to be a part of what's going on in your church just online. Or you'd like more information about our church, or you've got a prayer request, anything like that at all. Would you just do this? Well, you can either go to crosspointchurch.com forward slash decision, or even easier, just text YES JESUS to 31996. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm going to sign up for baptism. I want to join this church. I need prayer. I've got a biblical question. Just text that. We'll be glad to respond to you. Thank you again for watching. Mom and dad, you can look at what we're going through as one of two ways. One of the worst things that's ever happened to our country and to us are what a God-given opportunity to be the moms and dads that we ought to be.